Louise McSharry on 2FM. First, it is time for How to Be an Adult and I, I do realise that I say this fairly often but I suppose it is the theme of the slot. There are a few things more adult and more responsible than making a decision about taking care of your mental health and about taking care of yourselves and for a lot of people that means getting involved in some therapy but sometimes you don't really know how to start, how do you find someone, what do you do maybe if the person isn't the right fit, all that kind of crack. So I thought let's get down to it, let's be grown-ups about this and talk about it and how to be an adult this week. You know the drill. If you have questions, you can send them in to us. 51552 is the number to text. You can email us louise at rte.ie. There are no stupid questions here whatsoever. Um, and I am so delighted to be joined by Sarah Gilligan, psychotherapist with Capable Minds in Dublin, who's going to help us navigate this. Sarah, is it fair to say that some people are kind of intimidated by the prospect of finding a therapist in the first place? Hi, Louise. Um, I think they are. I think people are really overwhelmed by the amount of people that they might come across when they go online. Mm. Um, I I, I wonder as well if people have been influenced by certain types of therapy or this or letters, you know, that people come across when they when they see therapists online. And I definitely think that people get a little bit stuck in there thinking that they need a specific type of therapist. Right. And they might not. Because there are lots of different types of therapy. There's loads of different types of therapy. But how do you know which one is right for you? Um, Sometimes it's trial and review. That's a lot of time what I'll say. Sometimes it is... I've never heard that before. Trial and review, yeah. not trial and error. No, trial and then review. How's okay. getting on? Love it. Okay. <laughs> and then um, I think there's also the other version of it, which is maybe word of mouth where they might have had friends that have been to somebody and they might have suggested some type of therapy that they've been to and then they might get very pigeonholed into looking into certain in certain directions. Yeah. And sometimes I think it might be best for if if it's the first time that you've accessed or wanted to access therapy, um, maybe the best thing to do is there's a couple of different things that you can do is ask for people's recommendations if they've been. Yeah. Make a phone call or send an email to the person that you might be you might have been recommended and or go on to one of the accrediting body websites. Right. Yeah, Yeah, because it is important to acknowledge that there are accrediting body websites. So it's not the case. Well, it it kind of is the case, isn't it, that you can call yourself a counsellor. So you want to make sure that the person that you're going to is actually trained. Yeah. So there's various forms of training. Um, I think a lot of time the word counsellor gets a little bit... um, maybe hit about the place sometimes. Sure, yeah. And there are people that have trained as counsellors for 20, 30, 40 years that have incredible experience and are incredible therapists in themselves. Yeah. Um, but sometimes uh, the word counsellor can sometimes be attached to some courses that might be shorter courses, might be a couple of years, might be addictions-based uh, uh, courses. And then the longer uh, degree kind of based courses, um, are, you're generally going towards psychotherapy. Right. And then obviously then that branch side, people then get confused between psychotherapy and psychology. And yeah. that's OK. You, you can see why it to people when you they can, phone. You're you like, can really you really see. need a psychologist <laughs> or maybe you need a therapist? But you can really see why people would get confused. Oh, completely. Absolutely. Yeah. And again, I think it's, you know, there's there's words that people will use online and people that, you know, we use words incorrectly a lot of the time anyways. Yeah. I think therapy is probably just a good use of an overall term because there's loads of counselling psychologists out there and there are counsellor counselor and psychotherapists. Right. So I think the best thing to do is to take a deep breath. Yeah. <laughs> there's generally no wrong way into it okay just to start right if you feel like you need support take the first step 
Okay. Yeah. So let's say you go on the IACP website, which is one of the accrediting bodies, and there's a long list of names there. Yeah. And you click through and you find someone who's like relatively local to you. And on their website, they say they deal with, you know, a wide breadth of issues w- which apply to you. So you make the call or you send the email. You, can you ask for more information at that point before you make an appointment? Uh, you absolutely can. There's nothing stopping you from asking. I think it comes down to the therapist and if they have the space and the time to be able to do that. Yeah. Oftentimes on individual websites, people will maybe describe a little bit about themselves or the type of work that they might do. Oftentimes in courses that people might train on now, Louise, you know, they'll, they'll do a, a wide variety of, of um, topics. Uh-huh. And then sometimes a therapist might decide to go down one route over another right. or an area of interest over another. Mm. I know, you know, I do a lot of around sex and sexuality and relationships. So a lot of people might come into me and they might not even be talking about that, but inevitably they're going to end up there, which is yeah. quite interesting. So you, you can go walk into a, a therapist and start talking about something but you're going to go to wherever you're going to go to. And that therapist, the hope is that that, that therapist will adapt to whatever is, is going on right. in the room. OK. Um, but if you want to ask the question, ask the question. OK. If they're able to, they can. If not, they might suggest a first appointment. Yeah. Where you come in and then that's the next step, right? OK, so you've made your appointment. Just made your appointment. You're going in. I realise I'm taking it down to brass tacks, but that's the Quite point okay. of this it's conversation. So you, you've made your appointment. You walk in. You're probably a little bit nervous. You're meeting someone you don't know. You're ostensibly preparing to tell them all of your deep, deepest, darkest secrets. Yeah. They are a literal stranger. Um, what if you feel like it's, it's not happening? What if you get a no feeling from the person? What do you do then? Oh, you're getting a no feeling from the person. Well, if you find, if you feel like, oh, I don't know if I can tell my deepest, darkest secrets to this person. Okay, well, I'm just going to back up a little bit. Right? Yeah. Which is, <laughs> you know me. I'd be like, when you're wa- if you walk in the door, a lot of the time that first appointment is like an assessment. It's like an introduction. It's like getting to know each other a little bit. Yeah. So you're not, you might not get into straight into the core of what's going on. You might go touch around us. Um, you may, depending. If you feel like that's something that you need to do and if that's something that is completely comfortable for you to do. Yeah. There's two versions of this and I, I might touch on both sides. Yeah. Some people might walk in and go straight into that place. Yeah. And it's a very vulnerable space to go into. Yeah. And the hope is obviously that the therapist you're going to go into will be able to recognise that and maybe guide the session so that this is the first session. There's a lot of things going on. We can go from there. Yeah. But there is something about minding the space that the client is walking in in because sometimes they might walk in with a lot of walls and they know what they want to talk about, but they're certainly not going to talk about it right then and there because they want to suss you out, right? And that's the relational piece that happens. And I think that's a lot of the time that you don't get to understand when you're looking on websites or if you see people or that very first time, there's just that relational piece that if when you go in and you start to speak to somebody, you do know sometimes. Sometimes you know, actually, I might need somebody who might be more directive or, you know what, I might need an entire, a, a different gender. It, yeah. it doesn't, but you can bring all that into that first appointment. So can you, should you just say, I'm not feeling that I can do this here? You absolutely can. You, you nobody can see me, but I'm shaking my hand. <laughs> <nodding> my hand. <laughs> I, d- I, d- I think the the best thing is that I think a lot of things it's it's the idea of being an expert, right? When you walk into a room, people do this with doctors all the time, yeah, where they try to, to access any kind of care that somebody else you're not able to say things to the other person, whereas you can you can ask a question, the therapist 
I know I ask it all the time where you're like, you know, how do you feel? You know, I'll, it, it's, a, it's a mutual decision. Yeah. You, once you walk in that door for that first appointment, it does not mean that you are going to go back for 25 other appointments. Yeah. You have the choice to decide. You have the choice to talk about it. You have the choice to maybe set in a couple of appointments and see how you might feel after a couple of appointments. Yeah. Um, but it's up to the person that comes in to decide if they want to do that. And yeah. that's the commitment from the other side. Right. Okay. As a therapist, you're there and you can decide actually what you're speaking about. You might be better off going to a colleague or this is very specific or there might be people that are coming in an active addiction. And maybe that's not the area that a, a therapist might feel comfortable with. Right. But on, equally on the other side, if a person walks in the door, it's being able to you know, I've ha- I've recently had a conversation about the word empowerment because it can be it's such a tricky word. Yeah. Because if you're already going into access therapy, you might already feel a slightly disempowered in your life. Mm. So you're hardly going to get it as you walk in the door and start launching into some empowered place yeah. with your therapist, right? Yeah. So there's something about tentatively maybe naming some things. Right. Yeah, because I think, well, I, I'll speak for myself. I have found myself in a situation previously with, with a professional where I... I wasn't, there was something off, didn't feel like I was going to, it was happening for me. Um, And I went to six (laughs) sessions because I was like, well, what if I'm sabotaging myself? Because we hear about that. So how can you differentiate between this isn't the right setup for me and I'm sabotaging myself because I actually don't want to deal with whatever it is I'm here to deal with? Okay. And they're really good questions. And I think it's, there's no, there's no right or there's no easy answer to that. And Mm. again, I think it has to do with if somebody, if you go into into a, a session and you stick with the person that you've chosen, yeah. right, and you bring in some of the things that you want to bring in, you you get you then start to get a sense of whether you're walking out into your life and able to maybe apply some things that you both spoke about, or maybe see things from different perspectives, and then you might hit another pocket of something three weeks later, which is kind of like the the kickback of starting to change. Okay. And sometimes that might not feel great. Nobody said therapy was going to feel good. Right. Nobody said you're going to walk in and feel like a million dollars walking out of there. You might feel okay. (laughs) (laughs) Is okay what we're hoping for? (laughs) Sometimes you might feel really delighted to have started the process. Yeah. But then... But then the work starts and sometimes that work can be really nice and you can have a really great time with with people that you're working with. But then the sabotage part... Again, I'm going to, there's kind of two routes to this, right? You know me. There's like, there's the route where, where somebody might have wanted to talk to somebody for a long time. Yeah. Or wanted to talk about things for a long time. They walk in, they might name things in one or two sessions and want loads of things to look different really quickly. Mm. That's kind of sabotaging themselves and the other person. Yeah. Because the other person is not there to fix that. You're there to explore and trying to meander through, maybe in a in a, in a very quick way, to try and solve things that might, might be going on in your life. Mm. That could be relationally, sexually, it could be to do with work, it could be to do with esteem, anything. Then you have the other version of it, which is you might go to somebody for three or four or five seconds and you commit to that. You go, I'm actually going to go here. I'm not really sure about this person, but I'm going to go. And after three or four, bring it into the session. Yeah. I don't know what I am supposed to be getting. I don't know what I'm bringing into my world after these sessions. So have a conversation with the therapist. It's one of those like it's not, it might not be me. It could mostly be you (laughs) (laughs) kind of moments. But you're kind of doing it in a way where you're willing to explore it. It's hard though, isn't it? I feel like as Irish people, especially, we find it very difficult. The idea of upsetting someone 
But I suppose what you have to remember is that you're talking to a professional who is presumably prepared for this kind of conversation. Yeah, well, most of the time, some people don't really deal well Client, everybody, we're all humans, right? Some people, it's kind of like around rejection and abandonment and not being attunement and making sure that you're heard and that goes across the board. But I, I, this, the, the part of not wanting to hurt somebody's feelings, mm. that maybe that's your process, mm. you know? It's like somebody that might come in and then just ghost their therapist because they don't want to go back to a session or they break up with them on text or they do. I'm like, is that bad? Me? Just, just asking for a friend? <laughs> no. Is it bad? <laughs> just asking for a friend. Mm-hmm. Is no, it bad? No, it's not. It's not. It gives me a bit of a chuckle where I'm like, all right, OK, yeah. There's there's obviously a process going on there where and maybe that's something that's, that's yeah. going on in other areas of your life. Maybe yeah. that's a relational piece that happens and that's OK. Yeah. At some point that might become a little bit more clear. Yeah. Um, and it also depends on, again, the person that you're working with and are you able to, do you feel like you're able to approach them? Yeah. Sometimes you just have to go, I need to talk, but I, d- I don't really know. I don't have the words. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think what you said there is very important as well about about expectations of what, what therapy is, because, mm. you know, I think sometimes people can think, oh, I'll go in and they'll give me a solution. Mm-hmm. And that isn't it, is it? Mm-mm. No, it's not. It's not always. Sometimes, absolutely, somebody can say something um, that might even be meant like I know that I say things all the time and I don't know I don't realise they might land certain ways for people but it's very it's very particular to the person the person's process yeah and then they might hear it and go oh wow I never thought about that before yeah and that's not a solution but it's hearing it's allowing in different versions of something that you may not you may not have allowed yourself to go to yeah and of course and I think we all experience that in small ways in conversations with friends or family or important people in our lives so that makes total sense absolutely but it is really about you processing you starting to look at what might be going on for you the other person is going to walk alongside you through that okay all right well let's take another one of those deep breaths I feel I have learned a lot here Um, the questions are coming in so if you have a question for Sarah we are talking about therapy and about getting started and what you can expect and all of the various things that you might be thinking about it Um, if you have a question 51552 is the number to text you can email louise at rte.ie we're with Sarah Gilligan psychotherapist at capableminds.ie and we'll be Back right after this. Louise McSherry on 2FM. Laura Mvula and Got Me on 2FM. I am joined by Sarah Gilligan, psychotherapist from CapableMinds.ie. This is How to Be an Adult and we are talking about how to therapy today. <laughs> and you have been sending in loads of great questions so we'll just get straight stuck into them I think Sarah. Yep. First one says I've been to my therapist for eight sessions and I felt that the issue I had was resolved and I moved on from it around session six. I've kept going because she's nice but I don't think I'm getting much out of it. <laughs> How do I say, thanks so much, but I'm grand now. See you when the wheels fall off in the future. <laughs> you could just say exactly that. Right. <laughs> yeah. If you've, if you've done, if you've gone and the piece of work that you've wanted to do is kind of resolved or you have more uh, skills to be able to deal with it, absolutely. And you think you're done, you're done. Okay, great. Uh, My partner has been to two therapists and they only last two to three sessions because when they challenge or draw attention to some heavy issues, he bolts. He blames it on them afterwards. I appreciate that it can be down to making the right fit, but I think he's blocking himself. Would couples therapy help him feel a bit more secure? I just want to help him. Oh, well, it's really nice that you want to help him. Um, It's a tricky one, right? Because you know me, I'll just say the same thing, which is, is this happening in other areas of his life? Mm-hmm. Also, it's his decision. I know some, you know, this is because I do a lot of couples work, right? Mm-hmm. And multiple people 
in couples in relationships and if one person is more invested in what the other person is doing that can lead to some issues right mm-hmm. so maybe it's just ask the question you know is there not a, if it's not a good fit it's not a good fit if he needs to still find other people he can find other people somewhere along the line maybe he'll find that he isn't wanting to open up about certain things or he doesn't want to be in therapy and that's all perfectly fine mm-hmm. so then it kind of it's the other side of it then, which is the, the polarised version, which is how, how does she deal with him not going to therapy? Yeah, what if he decides he's not ready yeah, to deal with this? Is that a problem for her? And absolutely. You can you can name couples therapy as something that might be helpful if there's a similar uh, dynamic maybe happening in the relationship, but asking somebody to go to therapy to get them to go to therapy. Yeah. Like there's no wrong thing, mm. but sometimes it's about wondering why it is that you want to, very particularly why I want to do something. Mm, that's such a, like, you're such a therapist. <laughs> um, <laughs> Ireland is a small place, says this one, and it's easy to find out who's who easily. How do mm. counsellors manage the confidentiality side of things? That's interesting. I would imagine there are a lot of people who are concerned about that. Do you mean on terms of the, the the person that's going into therapy or in terms of the therapist, do you reckon? I think Both. they mean, I think they mean, how can you trust that your counsellor is not going to be chatting about you or whatever oh yeah okay I do it's confidentiality when you walk in the door oh my goodness what, what, what's, what happens in, in therapy is what happens in therapy and it's absolutely confidential it's kind of one of the core tenets of the profession uh, isn't it 100% yeah. that's the whole point of it like there's a couple of reasons why you might break that in terms of like safety, suicidality yeah. and safety and concern for you know minors and other person but there are again it's 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 held in the ethics of, of how we train and, and our accrediting bodies but there is it's, it's also really important I think social media is everywhere you know media in general people knowing other people Ireland being small it's Dublin being small, Cork being small, name it. Mm. As a therapist, I've definitely, you know, know some people where um, we just talk about it. We talk about it in terms of the boundaries and the structures and how that's going to work. So like you might have someone come in and realise that you have a mutual friend or... Absolutely. Or we might know, you know, distant people in in relation to to each other and that's fine. The, 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 The most, most of it is, so again, there's two decisions. There's a decision for me or for a therapist to decide, is that comfortable for me? Mm. And if it is, that's okay. Then the other person has to decide, is it okay that if I'm sitting in X, Y, or Z, you know, next week and I see you come in, I will be comfortable with that or I won't be comfortable with that. Right, of course. So it's, it's, a, it's a discussion. Okay. Yeah. Um, next one says, hi Louise, I've always wondered, how do you know you need therapy? I have no problems <laughs> that I know of, but I always worry that people say behind my back, that lad needs therapy. <laughs> so great I feel like you're I in really good shape I really like that he knows that people say this about him um, I do think if you don't you'll know if you need if you get stuck in something in your world or in your relationship or in work and you're kind of you don't really know how to get beyond it or maybe there's just some stuff about yourself that you don't really know um, you can absolutely go into therapy but you, you not everybody has to do therapy yeah Okay. Do therapists have their own therapists and bitch about all their clients says this person how do you Aww. look after yourself so your own head isn't wrecked so we have to go to supervision yeah. We also can do personal therapy, obviously. Um, and that's a stipulation through your training. Mm. And, you know, for most of us after training. But um, we all have to do clinical supervision forever. And that so, means that you kind of pass on. So what it, what it basically is, is that you can discuss uh, difficult cases or things that might be going on with a specific you know, uh, maybe it could be a theme that might be happening with with clients. So mm. whatever it might be, but yeah, but it is 
it is also confidential. Right. And but that's uh, that's kind of for you, isn't it? That is it is for it is for the, the, the professional. Yeah. And it's for the client if you think about it, because if, if you're doing supervision, you then have the capacity to bring maybe something different into the room sure, or yeah. to be able to see things about what might be happening. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, how do you tell someone you, this is kind of the opposite of the last guy, how do you tell someone you think they need therapy? I have a friend who often complains about things, but over the years their problems have grown to feel more immediate. How do I tell them to see someone? Yeah, just go, do you or have you ever considered talking to a professional about this? Or yeah. maybe, you know, this might be something that's really, you know, bugging you for a long time. Mm. And I don't know if I can help. Mm. So have you thought about going to chat to somebody? Sometimes yeah. it can be really good. Yeah. And I, I mean, of course, some people will take that the wrong way oh, because some people will. don't. But it's not that, you know, if, you're, if it's being said, if the intention is said and it's being said in a kind and compassionate way. Mm. It's up to the other person how they're going to take it. Yeah. It's not your responsibility. Okay, Claire and Bally Firm, it says, I know there's couples counselling and personal counselling, but I'm having trouble with my mom. Is there couples mm-hmm. counselling, but for parents and kids? <laughs> yes, um, there is. And you, so there's a couple of things you can do with that. There's family therapists, which are incredible and systemic therapists. So they will they will look at systems. They will look at family systems and, and how that might play out. And I know we do some of that. But there's some of, um, a lot of the time, if you're going to see a therapist by yourself and an issue arises about something, you can ask. Some therapists can be are very comfortable to say if you want to bring somebody in for a session mm. for a particular thing, you kind of have to talk around the boundaries of that, that it's not a, not necessarily an ongoing thing. But if it's just a piece of work that you need to do, it could be a couple of sessions that you might want to bring your mind to. Mm. Don't we all? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it could be one of those moments. Yeah. So you okay. don't have to go to a specific type of person. Great. And I have one final text. It says, last year, my GP referred me to a therapist to deal with the aftermath of a traumatic birth. Mm. It wasn't just the case that the therapist wasn't the right foot they fit. They added to my trauma by dismissing my experience, telling me that mothers should be able to cope. Thankfully, I stepped away and made an appointment with a psychotherapist in a clinic that had been recommended by a friend. The therapist there was a breath of fresh air, made me feel instantly comfortable and most importantly made me feel heard. Therapy really isn't a one-size-fits-all solution mm-hmm. and I'm glad I didn't just step away from the process after my bad experience. Yeah, good honour. Yeah. yeah. I think... How do you feel when you hear things like that? Oh, I, I do, you know, I think if you can see me, my shoulders go up. I yeah. Go, yeah, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard when you hear people that have had bad experience. Listen, queer people, you know, growing up or experiencing people in minority communities have had to experience a lot of that and we do hear a lot of that where they might have been to people where it hasn't been a good fit and you know mm-hmm. things are said and it happens and the best thing to do is to go okay some people are where they are and she did a great thing she went to somebody else who was able yeah. to maybe help that yeah. I think it's about correcting the wound yeah. and sometimes just having a little bit of gentleness for what happened mm-hmm. and Moving, moving towards on. that yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah well I think this has been incredibly helpful thank you so <laughs> so much Sarah Gilligan psychotherapist at capableminds.ie and you guys are in Dublin but you do some kind of online as well don't you yeah we do a lot of workshops and trainings we do obviously like I have clients all over the world because of Zoom and whatever yeah. but we do a lot of workshops and trainings and uh, yeah we're on Capable Street cool yeah. capableminds.ie thank you so much Sarah Louise McSherry on 2FM